was good. Hopefully everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Amen. So I did. It was me and Donovan. <laughs> Donovan actually cooked. <laughs> he, he cooked the Thanksgiving meal. I was going to start it, but he said, nope. I, he said, yeah, I said I was going to cook it, so he cooked it. And then Phil, Phil bought over food that Susan made. So we actually have too much food. <laughs> but it was just the men. Because Marshall and the girls, they left us to go to Florida. Amen. But thank God they made it back safely. Amen. 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 So I promise I am not going to be long. All right. And it's not because George is playing tonight. Uh, it's not because of that. But it, yeah, I'm going to be quick. <laughs> I am going to be quick. Amen. So, you know, the, the second song we played was saying, you know, holy, 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 I want to see you. Right. So take a look around. Right. Take a look around at your brothers and sisters in Christ. So when we look at one another, we're actually seeing the Lord. Why? Because we were made in his image. Amen. And sometimes we, we can forget that. Right. Because sometimes a brother and sister can irritate us. Oh. Right. <laughs> we could be irritated by our brothers and sisters in Christ, just like we can by our natural family members. Right. So, you know, but we still to love them. Right. We, we still to love them. And we've been talking about that. And we're going to continue on love and unity. So we know, especially as believers, that God loves us. Right. We, we know that he loves us and we know that we love him. Right. Because he first loved us. But sometimes we could find ourselves getting so emotionally invested where we have to be careful of that. Because we can get so emotionally invested where we can still be disobedient to the Lord. Right? So that's why I even talk about, you know, I, I said it a while ago, even probably back when we were at the house. But, uh, you know, we got to be careful sometimes of these songs that we hear that's all about emotions and feelings and, and things like that. We got to be careful of that because we could treat the Lord like he's a man or a woman, <laughs> depending on who we are. Right. And, you know, we could treat them like a spouse. And guess what? We get angry with our spouses. Right. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Those that are married or have been married. <laughs> right. We can get angry with our spouses. So, you know, our love for the Lord is really a decision. It's a decision that we make. And yes, emotions can be involved in it, but ultimately it is a decision. So, you know. It's not based on our feelings or emotions because the Lord basically describes how we can show our love to him. And basically, it's really by our deeds and our actions and how we live. All right. So let's turn to uh, John 14. John 14, 15. I'm going to read one verse from here. And, and I read it before. And in order to truly love God, we have to crucify, crucify our pride and our right to approve of his ways and allow him to be God in our lives. Because sometimes we can try to dictate to God on what we want him to do. And we got to be careful of that because we got to remember he's still God. Amen. And see, when we try to dictate to him, now we're treating him like a person. All right. So we there, John 14. Right, I'm going to just read this one verse. And we've heard it before. If you love me, keep my commandments. All right? If you love me, keep my commandments. Not if you love me, do what you want to do. If you love me, treat your brother and sister in Christ horribly. 
if you love me, keep my commandments. So that word if, and y'all heard me talk about it before, two-letter word, but it's a powerful word because if denotes a condition. In other words, he's saying again, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So now, on the surface, it will look like, okay, well, what's his commandments? That means to be morally uh, clean, morally pure, live a holy lifestyle. Yeah, that plays a part in it, but that's not fully what he's talking about here. Is he talking about the Ten Commandments? No, not necessarily, right? Because and ultimately, we got to remember, there were over 600 commandments given, right? But what denotes the Ten Commandments is that's what they heard audibly, right? So what is he talking about? Now, we got to remember here in John 14, he's in the upper room because they haven't they had the uh, Passover meal, right? He had just got finished washing their, his, their feet, the um, chapter before in chapter 13. And we're not going to turn to chapter 13, but in your own time, read chapter 13 and 14. So in uh, John chapter 13 and 14 and 15, he commands them to follow his example by washing their feet. Right now, why would he say, to wash each other's feet. Is he talking about just going ahead and washing, you know, Marie washing Joan's feet and so on? Not fully, right? He's, he says that follow that, but he's talking a little bit more. See, we have to remember, Jesus said in Matthew 20 and 28 that he says this, I, he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. And we also have to remember not too long before that, the disciples were arguing, having a debate about who was the greatest. In other words, who was the greatest meaning, hey, you all serve me. And sometimes if we're not careful, we can act like that. But see, if we're walking in true love and unity, we're not going to act like that. But we're going to follow the ways of Christ and obey his commandments and we will serve. And that's what ultimately what he was trying to get them to do, saying, look, don't try to to uh, be an overseer over each other, but serve one another. That's how you show that you love me by why? Loving your brother and sister in Christ by serving them. Because that's the only way we can truly serve in God's way by loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's right. And see, sometimes that can be hard. Because again, some brothers and sisters in Christ may not act right all the time. But what? God's love is unconditional. Right? And in a sense, our love it's got to be unconditional. It's right. <laughs> that can be hard. But that's why he gives us the Holy Spirit. That's why he wants us to continue to submit to him. Because the more we go this way, the easier it becomes. The less we become offended. But the more we go this way and this way, the ways of the world, now we walk in unforgiveness. Now it's easy for us to become offended. But again, he wants us to serve him. So that, that, that's point number one. And again, the reason why the disciples had issue with that is because it was customary for the disciples to wash the teacher's feet. So we criticized Peter was saying, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. And really, Peter was thinking right because he was thinking in the custom as it, as it was back then. Saying, Lord, don't wash our feet. I and we should be washing your feet because you are the king. You are the Messiah. You are the Holy One. 
But Jesus again saying, no, because I love you and because I've come to serve, I'm going to set the example for you and I'm going to wash your feet. And you all wash each other's feet. So you all help each other in serving one another. And sometimes we can forget that. We can forget that. So, you know, I remember, I reflected on this actually earlier today where we were at a church years ago here in Virginia. We were meeting at a school and we would have to, and that's one of the reasons why I won't have service in the school because you got to set up and you got to break down. It's a lot of work, right? So lo and behold, we had to get there. I don't know, if, I can't remember the time, but maybe 8 o'clock or maybe before that. But um, me and the pastor would be the first one there. He was a pastor, I was a sister pastor. We'd be the first ones there. And we would get there, have to move the tables, the cafeteria tables, and then set up the chairs, and then set up all the backdrop and stuff like that. And it was me and him constantly, all the time. Even though we had other members in the church, we didn't have a big church, but we had other members in the church, men in the church, they would never show up. Mm. Right. Now, don't get me wrong, after service, sometimes they will help break down, but the pastor would be there, he will be on his hands and knees, taping the wires and things. And then I think after a couple of years, he said, Son, I can't take this anymore. This is too Because he would come there, set up, then go change, and then come back and still be there for prayer. And we would set up the nursery and things like that. But we did it. Yeah, we had to do it, but we still did it in the essence of serving. Right? And it was hard to get people to come in to serve. Some people say, Okay, I'll come in and we'll even have a schedule. But a lot of times they wouldn't show up. Right, Because that servant mentality was not there. They just wanted to come and enjoy service, enjoy praise and worship, enjoy hearing the message, some of them. <laughs> yeah, some of them. And, and, and then go about their merry way. But that's not having a servant's heart. Right? So that's not what we're to do. Right? And, and, and that's just one example of serving. Serving could be a number of things that we do in life to help one another. So it's not just washing one another's feet, but it's actually being showing the love of Christ by serving. That is how we show that we love God. That's one ring. All right. So now what else does he go in um, chapter 13 and verse 34 and 35? He talks about this. He talks about that uh, he commanded them to love one another after the pattern of his love to them. So this goes back again. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, you will serve. And if you love me, you will love one another as I have loved you. So how did he love them? Servitude was one, right? Servitude was one. Unselfishness. When they were arguing about who was the greatest, they were actually being selfish. When they kept the little children from coming to see Jesus, they were being selfish. Right? How else did, did, did uh, Jesus show them that he loved them? He discipled them. You don't hear, hear me say this all the time that we don't disciple in church anymore. Right? The world calls it mentoring. Right? The Bible calls it discipleship. And we neglect to do that because, again, it is, I don't have time to do that. Or the pastor will take care of it. Right? But what about that young woman who gets saved? 
See, we, we, we learn in, in Timothy and Titus that what? It should be the older women that teach them. Right? But we're expecting the pastor to take care of everything. No, but that's showing the love for the body. That's showing unity. And even with the young men, the older men should come into play. And we don't have enough of that today. Because our young men are acting funny nowadays. <laughs> right? They're not learning to be men anymore. And society is making it more to be the single parent homes. Right? We see it in the world. We see it in the church. Right? But again, we, we have to learn to discipleship. That's what Jesus did. He discipled the disciples. So we should disciple one another. What else did Jesus, how did, else did he show his love to them? Compassion. We have to have compassion. We talked about it last week, right? When we read it. If one person is hurting, we should hurt. If one person is being elevated, we should be rejoicing for them. We shouldn't be jealous of that. Right? What else? Healing. Well, wait a minute. What's on? God does the healing. Yes, but, and I can't, the scripture escapes me right now, but there is a word, a healing word in Mark where it decides that, where, where it's actually meaning going to visit. Right? That brings healing. Why? Because you're visiting someone, you're letting them know, hey, you care for them. You love them. You're showing compassion for them. Right? So even when after my surgery, I, Joan came to visit some, bring some broth, right? Yeah, she came, right? And she spent just a little, little bit of time there, but it was good. Right? I had another brother in Christ that came, and he could have stayed away. <laughs> my wife don't like me when I say that. I ain't mentioning no names. <laughs> because I knew he came with Ontario more. Everything was 20 questions. And he was just trying to be nosy. Right, so he wore me out. <laughs> and I wasn't answering him because <laughs> I knew what he was trying to do. But that didn't bring healing. That brought more stress and it made me tired more. <laughs> <Right>? But <laughs> so, you know, even when we go to visit people who are sick and shut in, that's a demonstration of healing. That's a demonstration ultimately of God's love. Amen. And also by prayer, when we pray for one another, right? Y'all hear me talk about it all the time, how we need to keep each other in prayer. Why? Because when we're praying for one another, that establishes a God boundary around us, right? So now we're protected by the enemy. So now even when we're having a bad day, right? I can say, well, Joan and Marie, they're praying for me. Phil's praying for me, Right? That's how we got to pray for one another. That's being the body. That's being in unity. Amen. Right? So now, God may wake us up, make some, wake some of us up in the morning or, or at night <laughs> and say, hey, I want you to get up and pray for this person. We got to get up and we have to pray for that person because we don't know what may lie ahead for them. He may not even reveal it to us because he doesn't have to reveal it to us. But out of obedience and out of our love for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, we're going to get up and we're going to pray. Amen. All right. Last point. All right. What else did he tell them to do? He commanded them to put their faith in God the Father and in Jesus himself. Well, you can switch over to John 14 and 1. 
Alright, he says here in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So this was also another commandment that he was giving them. In other words, don't be troubled. Why were they troubled? Because they recognized, hey, he's talking, he's leaving us. But Jesus says in, in verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. So even in the being in the midst of this world, you know, the stresses that we see and we deal with in this world, we have to remember Jesus has not forgotten about us, but he's going to return for us. Amen. One way or the other. Right? So... Either way, we're going to meet him in the air. Praise God. That's right. Praise God. So, do not be troubled. That word trouble means agitated, anxiety. And sometimes we can find ourselves like that and we forget that Jesus loves us. And guess what? We're loved by our brothers and sisters in Christ. And he's going to return for us. Why? Because he has not forgotten about us. He's not... We, we look at it like he's way off in galaxies and things like that. He's right here with us. The things and the troubles that we go through, he's right there with us, walking with us, talking to us. If our spiritual ears are open, right, and we're communicated with him. So no matter where we go, he's there. Right? So sometimes we can forget that. But we have to remember, he loves us. He has not forgotten about us and he definitely has not forsaken us. Right? Because we, we, we want to be delivered from the things that, that we may go through but it's because he loves us he will allow us to go through those things. And the beauty of it is we don't have to go through it alone. And I'm not just talking about what the Lord going through with us but when, we, when one person goes through we should all be going through. And we forget that. Sometimes we'll say in our heads, we won't admit it, we'll say, well, thank God it ain't me. <laughs> right? We'll, we'll say that. Thank God it's not me. Right? But it is us. Why? Because if a brother or sister in Christ is going through something, it's a part of the body, so that means we are all affected by it. And we have to remember that. But it's, it, it's that love that's going to keep us. So even when he said in John 14, 15, if you love me, Obey my commandments. That means serving one another. Loving one another. Right? We, we, we can't forget that. Because if we're not doing these things, then we can't say we love God. Because, guess what? We can't say we love God, but then we got our brothers and sisters in Christ right here who are made in the image, who are part of the body, but yet, we won't serve them. When they're God's sons and daughters as well. Amen. Amen. And, I, and I'm going to stop there. I told you it's not going to be long. Amen. <laughs>